0: Thank you so much for joining us here at Queer Heart. Today on the show, we have a Brit East speaker and author, Brit East, who, how's it going, Brit?
1: (laughs) I'm doing great. It's (laughs) wonderful to be here. Thank you.
0: Thank you for being here. Yeah. You, uh, you know, you have this book and it really caught my eye. And here we are talking about it. It is called A Gay Man's Guide to Life get real, stand tall, and take your place. Um, Now that was very eye-catching for me because it's very kind of, you know, straight to the point, this is a guide to gay man's life. So you deal with so many things. What inspired this book for you? What is this book about for you?
1: It's my love letter to the queer community. Um, I, I wanted to write... Uh, a manual for life that um, imparted my experience, strength, and hope, my um, whatever insights and knowledge and, and wisdom I've um, earned along the way to maybe be the uh, big brother that that some guys out there m- might never have had or might okay. need. Um, I did a subtle thing with the naming of the book. It is not called a guide to life for gay men. So really anybody could read it. However, it's called a gay man's guide to life, meaning I'm the gay man and anybody can read it, but I'm writing it through my lived experience, the lens of my lived experience. So I'm using our queer cultural reference points terminology so that we don't have to do the mental gymnastics that we are so used to when reading straight literature. So it kind of speaks directly to us. And I just broke the book down into all of the logical facets of life body, mind, spirit, finances, career, friends, family, sex. I mean I just tried to hit each one one by one to cover the full gamut of a life well lived and so the reader can kind of dip in and out based on whatever topic of interest. Maybe they need a booster shot on a specific topic. They don't have to read it cover to cover, although they could, they could just dip in and out as needed. And then I just interwove my memoir, my personal story in between to kind of build credibility, build rapport, but most importantly, to show the reader that they're not alone.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's really, I mean, you really don't get, I mean, you're not shy in this book. I mean, you know, you come from a background, uh, you know, of, of 12 step nonviolent communication. You've done the yoga meditation. Like you've, you've really done a lot of this stuff to come to this conclusion. And in the book, I mean, you get into sex community, racism, sexism. Um, Now, I mean, you do get, I mean, you get into, I mean, you do see that the most, one of the most interesting things I, I, I read here was, you know, you really get into the fact that homophobia is it's does stem from sexism and misogyny within our community so
1: you know can we get into some of these topics a little more yeah absolutely like you said i'm just i don't mince words i have a background on the 12 steps where you kind of earn social currency by how vulnerable you're willing to be with your story okay and i've been doing this work for two decades so i'm really used to just putting it all out there because in the 12 steps we believe we are only as sick as our secrets okay a common saying in the 12 steps and it's so true if i lead with humility and loving kindness and vulnerability then that's a way of signaling personal strength a, a radiance that i'm delighting in my own self-worth that nobody can say anything that's going to obliterate me because I know exactly who I am. I'm in love with my limits. I know where I begin, where I end, and I I, I um, value myself. And so I just want to put it all out there because. I believe that gay men are essential, just like everyone, and that we've got a lot of work to do, as you alluded to. And if we're going to do it, let's not, you know, mince around. Let's not uh, um, beat around the bush. Let's actually get our hands dirty and, and talk about some of these things that, you know, we've kind of been shying away from—some taboo topics, some things that maybe we're a little nervous to bring up. Let's let's get down to it, so we can get to the bottom of the stuff and then move on
0: yeah and let's move on and let's do it in a very empowering way because you know what the thing i love about this book is that you you know as the lgbt community we are victimized quite often and we start feeling like the victim and so what you do is say hey listen we have yes we've been shit on however we can come out of this and feel empowered Um, you know, it's okay that we have this internalized homophobia. It's okay that there is, you know, racism and sexism and that you felt in these ways because there is a way to come out of it and there is a way to do it in a very, you know, it's uncomfortable, these conversations, but there are conversations that also really need to be had. And, you know, um, I was going to say to you, because I, I was, I was reading today that, um, you know, no, Sorry. I often say to gay men, it is not the outside world that has necessarily done us wrong or provoked suicide and all, all these such things in our community. It's also people ourselves within our own community. We've inundated ourselves with things that, you know, are not supportive that are not supporting our youth that don't where we don't support each other. And this causes alienation as well. So you do address so much of this, yeah. you know, in the book and i'm just i was so happy to see this (laughs) the title of this book um so uh do you so like tell me where do you um like I, i see that you have your facebook page um you must travel quite a bit and speak on these topics as well like have you come to toronto
1: um, I've never been to Toronto. I used to live in Chicago, so not that far away. But yeah, I've been lucky to travel all over the world and um, but I'd love to get to Toronto as soon as this darn pandemic gets behind us and um, meet you in person and then also get to speak there to the community. Um, it's a huge, vibrant community there, obviously, and I'd love to to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, we can't wait to have you here. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so I
1: have a question. I was also very interested in something. So you've gone through the 12 step or you used to teach the 12 step? No, I've gone through the 12 steps. And, okay. and basically that was a, a line in the sand in my life. Okay. I was on a really bad track in life where I um, did not have a foundation for living a an adult life. And so I found myself in a long-term relationship with a man in the mid-90s. Um, we were together for about six years in our uh, early twenties, which was really unusual at that time, um, and it was a beautiful relationship. But my part in it, I wasn't ready for that kind of a commitment. And what I mean by that is, I was codependent. I I had an an excessive emotional reliance on him. Okay. He was my everything, above and beyond my boyfriend. He was a teacher and a mentor and a guide and He's the same age as me. I mean, it was just patently unfair and ridiculous and and just kind of um, doomed from the start. And what happened is um, um, at one point in the relationship, he was arrested for having sex with a minor. Okay. Which was a traumatic event. And I go into that in detail in the book for obvious reasons. It was a traumatic event. But for me, it hit even more deeply because I was so thoroughly enmeshed In the relationship, because he was my everything, when the relationship went through this crisis, it hit me, I did not have any sense of resiliency, separate and distinct from the relationship. Ah. And so my world was obliterated, but the grace in that moment is that Through some miracle, series of miracles, I decided to stay in the relationship, not out of any kindness or or big heartedness, but because I was desperate um, and and completely afraid of being alone. Um, But because I stayed, it meant that I was open to receiving the gift of his recovery. So the other miracles, he got into the 12 steps for sex addiction. Okay. And he started to get better. And then I got into the companion program for codependence of sex addicts. And in those meetings, I became acquainted with the 12 steps, but it was also the thrill of togetherness that I experienced by sitting in these circles with these amazing people from all walks of life who shared similar stories to me and then taking off my mask for the very first time. And this gets to what you alluded to previously where, Yes, we, we are in many cases in have adverse experiences as queer people, whether through childhood or adulthood or whenever, but we also have a part to play in our own disempowerment. When we internalize those adverse experiences and start to believe in some cases, the bigoted messages, the biases, the prejudices about us, and we start to, we start to dwell in those Um, feelings of loneliness and and longing, then we also inadvertently derail our lives. And that's where I was. And I learned to take off my mask for the very first time. My particular mask, which is very common in the gay male community, was that I wanted to be the best little boy in the world. In fact, there's a whole book called that, written in the 80s, um, because it's so common. And so when I got started to get real, I was then able to create a life worth living. And two decades hence, here I am. Living in your own light. Yeah, exactly. A life that I was able to construct out of mindfulness and love and in fact even though it's a traumatic story with my boyfriend at the time we actually stayed really close Mm -hmm. and he's married and i'm married and we're still friends and he actually lives in we were in chicago at the time we both now live in seattle and our husbands are friends and we get together and hang out so it's actually a story with a really beautiful ending and it's a relationship that i treasure because now we've known each other for over 20 years which in the gay community isn't maybe as common as it might be. So it's a relationship that I deeply treasure and, and think about all that we shared and went through and transformed and alchemized together. Um, but it's foundational to who I am today.
0: Wow. I mean, you know, you've, you've found a way to really, like, you know, find that light, that switch, you know, that, that <laughs> switch we all want to turn on when we're in the dark, right? And uh, we all want to find it. And you just, you know, you found a way to do it and, and write a book out of it. And that's really, that's really beautiful. Before we, before we end this and wrap like this up, I want to say that you get into things, um, you know, you get into things such as racism, homophobia, uh, and sexism and how it comes from like whatever, our self-hatred, sexism and misogyny, which is very, you get into a very interesting part of the book about misogyny, in which I don't think it's talked about a lot, but you also get into corporate bigotry, which is cool because, you know, you, you say like, hey, well, obviously this is happening because we don't have enough diversity in these workplaces. It's all usually cisgendered men. So of course we're gonna have these issues, right? So it's like you, you approach these issues with such kindness and such, uh, you know, grace and, and, uh, and just what we all need is, is gentleness and understanding and compassion. And for anybody listening, I want to say that uh, you don't approach it with this like new age fluff necessarily
1: that's yeah, not me at all it's not you at
0: all and that's what i love about it is it's fathomable language yeah, yeah you know and i think that i told you this when we when we were talking before um but uh before we wrap this up is there anything else that you want to tell the audience about this book or where they can connect with you yeah. your social medias
1: Please absolutely. So there's, I think, a I think we live in an epidemic of loneliness among gay men, and it's really serious that we start to stand up and take the place that is due us by our birthright, and and to sharpen our elbows and take up a little bit more space, stop slinking in the shadows and sitting in the cheap seats, kind of get up on stage, grab the mic, and sing our song. And it's a simple recipe to do that. It's just it's just tough to implement it's an art to implement it and it basically involves getting to know yourself getting to know reclaim your story and really understand what makes you tick as you alluded to all the trauma and adverse experiences we may have have endured over our lives and owning them so that we can then let them go even though that they make a part of us forever we cannot dwell in them And then finding those places and spaces where we can be uniquely ourselves, unapologetically weird, wonderful selves, and we can shine the brightest. There are just some places in the world that just will, you will find as you go through this journey that cater specifically to your own uniquenesses. And I encourage you to seek those out and then go hang out there yeah. and be your true authentic self vulnerably and brave. And then as you start to meet people, to follow the energy wherever it leads you, to, to shed any of your preconceived notions about other people in the world be they fat or thin or different races or republicans or different gender orientations or expressions whatever they might be let go of those preconceived notions and prejudices so that you can follow the energy wherever it leads you without any sort of attachment to outcomes without engineering any sort of you know certain situation that that your ego that your brain might think that you have that that that's in store for you and just allow the universe to do its magic by creating as much space as possible and following that energy. That's really kind of the recipe for love that I lay out in the book. And I go in, like you said, in tr- tremendous detail in all the ways that we self-sabotage through racism, misogyny, internalized homophobia, et cetera, all sorts of biases that we as gay men uh, um, put out into the world that we need to own and we need to change our behavior. And I go through all the ways in which those limit our access to love. And so aside from the moral issues, it's actually in our own best interest, selfishly, if we are feeling lonely and afraid to find these blocks to, to love, to clear the channels to love in our life so that we can experience more togetherness and joy. And if this kind of work appeals to you, I have a website. It's the hub for all of my work. has links to my socials, tons of free content, free articles that I post frequently, published in all sorts of different other blogs and online magazines. I have a blog myself that I publish daily publishing in my socials all the time. And then if you are interested in learning more and reading the book, there's a link on the site where I've consolidated all the online stores that sell it, from independent online bookstores to Amazon and everybody in between. And then of course you can find the book in local bookstores everywhere.
0: Yes. I mean please go out and get this best like it's a best selling book, really. Yeah. It's on the bestsellers list. So I um, I don't I don't honestly I recommend it to everybody and i'm not just saying this because i read a lot of books so i'm not just saying this it really is a book that caught my attention um and i love that you were able to come on and talk about this more so
1: thank you for having me thank you so much
0: you're very very welcome um so you guys heard it's briteast.com no got it perfect okay so we'll see you all at (laughs) briteast.com right after this i guess well you'll see them at least but i um want to thank you all again for joining us here at Queer at Heart and I want to thank you Britt, for being here and uh, you know talking to us because
1: yeah my pleasure thank you so much for having me you're very welcome thank you